Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Story Slam podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories recorded at our live events in Bristol, UK. All the stories you're going to hear are true and come straight from our audience. We release episodes every Thursday where you'll get to hear the next part of our recorded show. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it. So please stay tuned till the end for more information on how you can do that. Make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast. And other than that, enjoy the show. Welcome back again to the Story Sam podcast. You join us for episode number 52 and we're here with November's theme of Trick or Treat. So sat between the tricks of October 31st and the treats of December 25th, hopefully we've got all kinds of stories coming up for you. We're here this week with part number one and I hope you enjoy it. you today um but let's get into it what is a story slam well it's where we get up on stage and tell true stories from our real lives now there's a theme for this month's slam which is trick or treat i know because why have it in october when if it's in november we can hear the stories you've just acquired over your october mischief that you've been doing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so for example, we have these one-line stories. Now, these are anonymous uh, one-line stories. I don't know who wrote them, but you can pop them down here. For example... In one or two sentences, tell us a true story on the theme, Trick or Treat. I threw my dad's sunglasses into a crocodile cage in a crocodile farm in South Africa. They were quite expensive ones. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll get you to guess whether it's a trick or a treat. (laughs) So, throwing the sunglasses into a crocodile cage. Oh, lovely. Um, (laughs) And another one. Um, I once went to a Halloween party dressed as slutty grapes. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds lovely. (laughs) Lovely. So those are the one-line stories. And then next we have the... Uh, five-minute true stories. I'm not going to pull one of those out yet, but you can um, get up and tell one of these if you just pop your name onto this. Um, Now, there are rules, of course, because um, you can't get anything in free for free in this world. So there's all these rules. Um, Firstly, they must be true, so that's simple enough. Secondly, it must be a story, so not uh, just a rant or a stand-up routine, Uh, or anything like that. I must have some sort of uh, change or conflict inside of it where the end is different from the beginning. Um, Thirdly, they must have happened to you, so I don't want to hear your friend's friend, you know, went on holiday, had a nice time. Uh, (laughs) um, I want to hear something that happened to you and how you felt about it and how it affected you. Um, Fourthly, um, They must be five minutes or less. Now, after five minutes, you'll hear this sound. (laughs) 
And then after that, that means you have a one minute grace period just to wrap up your story, try and finish your sentence and just finish what the story was, maybe get rid of some of all the embellishments. Um, and then after that sixth minute has passed, you'll hear this. And then I'll just stop listening because I'm having such a fun time <laughs> with the harmonica. Um, and that means, sadly, we've all enjoyed your story, but you really ought to be resting your bottom <laughs> and getting back down to your chair. Um, yes, when your story's finished. Now, the fifth and final rule is don't bring up any notes with you um, unless, uh, for you personally, this is a significant barrier for whatever personal reasons you have and you feel you won't be able to tell it without notes. But in general, we don't want sort of really over-prepared uh, planned stories. We want it to be like, we're just around a cosy little campfire and I'm the coal <laughs> and <laughs> you're just burning, whoa, burning me around. No, but um, uh, yeah, so just a cosy vibe is what I'm going for, no notes. Um, so that's all the five rules. Now there's another... Um, there's a little box on the front of the... Um, this is all admin. It's going to get so fun once I sit down. Um, um, there's a little box on the front of the ticket saying that you would or would not like to be in the podcast. And that's our weekly podcast, which gets released by Josh at the back. Ooh. Yes, he's waving. He does a lot of work for us. Uh, he does all of it. Um, yeah, so the podcast is great. People listen all over the world. It's really fun. Um, yeah, so you can tick for that. We also have our wonderful photographer here today uh, called Cleo. She's a dear friend. Um, and, um, if you wouldn't like to be... So we, we're doing it now so that the default is we do take photos of our storytellers, but if you wouldn't like that to be done, do just tell me or one of the StorySlam team um, if you don't want it to go up online, if it's already happened, or maybe tell our photographer before it happens if you'd like. She's on this corner here with a camera. Very hard to distinguish. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the other rule is content warnings. Now, there's a few little boxes on the back of our... Uh, little storytelling slips that say if your story has anything in it like graphic violence or uh, maybe eating disorders or self-harm or that kind of thing which isn't the most um, palatable of topics maybe some of you aren't in a place to hear that today and that would really distress you if you had to hear that story then you shouldn't have to hear that story so what we do is if you've got a story with those things in it you just tick the box and then I read out the storyteller's name and say this is the storyteller Becky these are her content warnings she's amazing um, uh, um, and then if someone's thinking, oh no, she's too amazing, I can't stay, um, then you will just step outside, maybe get a drink or go to the toilet and come back in whenever you... Hello? <laughs> yeah, everything okay? <laughs> um, then you just come back in uh, whenever you're ready. Yeah, it's no fuss. Lots of people need the loo and lots of people don't want to hear stories with horrible, distressing themes in them. Um, yeah, but because of that reason, once I read out a storyteller's name, uh, there's a little, maybe two-minute gap where I read out one line stories. And in that space of time, I know it's hard, but if you're the storyteller, you just need to sit down and relax and uh, think about your story for a minute or so while I read those one line stories before you get up and tell us. So I hope that's all okay. And there's no right or wrong way to do it, guys. You're doing so well. Um, um, <laughs> yes? Uh, <laughs> um, okay, I think I'm going to read the name of our first storyteller, if that's all right. Ooh. Drum roll. Ellie! Yay! Yay! Cool, lovely. Ellie, uh, we'll get you up in a moment. Um, in the meantime, I'll just read one of these online stories. Ooh, this person's crossed out a lot of it. I hope they repeat it. Okay, cool. Um, 
I was dressed in my favourite polka dot dress, ready for a birthday party at McDonald's, when my sister, older, su <laughs> suggests playing a quick Marco Polo in the garden. Two minutes later, I'm in the paddling pool after following her voice. No more polka dots. Because you fell in the pool, because you can't trust her. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, yeah, well, trust no one is the theme today. <laughs> um, let's give a, it's really hard to be the first storyteller, so let's give her a very warm round of applause all the way till she's standing here. Ellie, Ellie! Okay, so this is my first time um, uh, telling stories. <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell a story about when I was in my second year of university. Um, I wasn't really a cool student. I was an engineer. So on a Friday night, of course, what was I doing? I was at my friend's house and we were doing coursework. So, you know, party, party animal. Um, we were sitting around and I get a few texts from my housemates like, oh, our housemates are having quite a loud party. Loads of people are here. Um, probably don't want to come back if you're intending to get any sleep. So I was like, oh, fine, fine. So I stayed at my friend's house, kind of normal. Was walking up the hill. I was at Nottingham, very big hill, walking home. And I just started getting these texts like, oh, God, house is a mess. Um, someone's thrown up in the shower. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Um, really don't really want to be cleaning up. Um, vomit from my shower at, uh, on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning. And um, so I come home. And my housemate was um, just as a kind of what my house was like, some geography, if you will. Um, walk into the house, there's two bathrooms on your right-hand side, because there was eight of us in this house. Walk up the stairs, there's another bathroom, a separate toilet. Go round to the front of the house, there's my room, and just a little tiny shower right next to it. This was the incident, incident room, you could call it, um, where this happened. So I turned up, hi, morning, everyone, how are we all doing? And uh, my housemate's like, oh, I'm just going to clean this up for you. I was like, oh, thanks, that's really nice. It was your friends. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so he starts cleaning it. I'm like, that doesn't really smell like vomit, in my personal opinion. My other friend said, oh, I really don't think that smells like vomit at all. Um, it was, of course, a number two. Um, the worst thing about it was that some, the, the person, um, we did find out who it was because she had taken off her clothes that had her name written all over it, so we knew the culprit. Um, and, yeah, so that happened. Um, so, luckily, he, he did all the cleaning. And I go to my room because the shower is right next to my room, and I just see some marks on the floor. And there were footprints. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's horrible. Um, and then she had the confidence to come back to our house for lunch uh, the day after. Um, and <laughs> acted as though nothing had happened. Um, so, yeah, that's my story. <laughs> People deserve to be in your life and to be hosted by you, Ellie, and some don't. That's truly horrible. Um, oh, oh, oh. Do we guys do we think it was a trick or a treat? Treat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the audience. 
participation is a little, <laughs> uh, not sure how it's going. Uh, lovely, okay, great. So uh, we're learning a lot so far. Let's, are we ready for our second story of the night? Yeah. Chit Doobie! Woo! Lovely. And there's no content warnings for this one, Chit. Um, so we'll get them up in a moment. In the meantime, little one-line story. In the middle of a fancy party, we snuck up behind my uncle and smashed a raw egg over his head. <laughs> Once he had washed the yolk out of his hair, he found us and told us two things. One, he was proud of us, as he had been training us as pranksters for years. <laughs> And two, he would have his revenge. Oh. Oh. Oh, if you wouldn't mind um, writing a one-line story, whoever this was, uh, Miss, Mr. or Madam Anonymous, um, then, yeah, let us know if he ever got his revenge. Write us a one-line story for the second half. Look, is someone beeping? No? Is, oh, I thought you were saying, no, Becky, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> um, lovely, okay. Shall we all give a massive round of applause for Chit Doobie? Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I am here a second time. And this story is from London, and it happened in June 2014. So I was first time in London. It was my second day. And of course, I was there as a tourist. So after having a beautiful view of London from this London Eye view, I was walking uh, towards Westminster. And there is famous Westminster Bridge. And while walking there, I saw a group of people standing there, like 12, 15 people. And with sheer curiosity, I, saw, I thought, like, let's go and like, you know what's happening there. And when I was there, I saw one Spanish guy was playing a game. And the game was like he was hiding a ball and the three steel cups. And some people were betting there, you know? So you were saying like, where the ball is hiding and people were putting some money and if you win, you are getting double in return. So if you put 50 pounds, you get 100 pounds, if you are correct. And it was, I was intrigued. I said, wow, it's amazing. And then I was standing there and I started playing, you know, that game. And I was winning always. So, but I was helping other people. So they were always winning. They were winning like 60 pounds, 100 pounds, 200 pounds. And finally, this guy who was playing, running the show, he said, hey, now you have to put the money. Otherwise, you know, uh, I won't allow you. So you have to put some money. And then I decided to put uh, 20 pounds. He said, no, 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 you have to put more money. I said, OK, late. 40 pounds? He said, no, more. Then I, I gave him 60 pounds. And then I guessed. And when he lifted the cup, there was no ball there. So yeah, I was devastated. I said, man, what the hell? I was, I was right always, like, what is going on here? And I was, it was unbelievable, seriously. Like, I was, I was thinking, like, how it's possible? Like, I was always right. And then, anyways, I, was, I felt like a loser. Like, and then I was just standing there, and I thought, let's give it a second chance. And I was, <laughs> yeah. And then I stood there for another few minutes, and again, I started winning and I was helping other people and they were winning. And <laughs> I said, and because I wanted to get my money back actually, because you know, 60 pounds already gone, I said like, what the hell is going on? And I thought I'm quite intelligent, a rational person. 
Anyways, again, I said, okay, now I'm going to put 30 pounds. And this guy said, no, no, it's a very small amount. You have to pay, uh, like, you know, big money. And I had only 60 pounds left. And then I was still, there was something inside my mind. I said, no, no, man, don't do this, you know. But there is always two sides, you know, inside every human. I said, no, I should, I should try again, you know. And there was one guy standing next to me. He said, man, come on, put it. If I had 500 pounds, I was going to put 500 pounds. And I'm sure, you are a thousand times sure, like the money, the ball is there. And then another woman, she put 100 pounds. And I said, okay, 60 pounds again. And then he lifted the cup, there was no ball. So 120 pounds disappeared in less than 30 minutes. And that was like a cosmic embarrassment. And I thought, man, like, <laughs> what to do? And soon I saw cops came there, and everyone started running here and there. They dispersed, and they were speaking in Spanish, mostly. So I believe they were from Spanish origin. <laughs> And uh, then few guys came to me and they said, man, you were foolish. That was a trick because they were all part of the same team. And those who were winning, actually, they were friends. Aww. I said, OK, it's too late now. <laughs> it's too late. And that was a learning for me. And that's it. That's my story. And thank you. And I published my first book. And this story. It's part of this book, and there are many such stories from Germany, from Russia, from Tanzania, from different parts of the world. And if you want, like it's available on Amazon, on App Store. And thankfully, BBC London took my interview for this book last week. So yeah, thank you very much. familiar theme of trust no one today. <laughs> um, yeah, not the people trying to take money away from you or the people trying to defecate in your shower. <laughs> just, just no, none of these people are good for you. Oh. Um, but let's give a massive round of applause for Chip for your story. <laughs> the name of our next storyteller is Kitty. There's no content warning for this one either. Um, in the meantime, we'll just do a one-line story. Okay, okay. My sister really annoyed me, so I emptied her Clearasil face wash and filled it with bleach. <laughs> I chickened out 10 minutes later and threw it away. She still doesn't know. Because it's really annoying someone, and then there's bleaching the skin off of their face, isn't there? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So not... <laughs> um, well, well done you. Again, if you'd like to put a, a one-line story in for the second half and maybe say if you've made amends with your sister or if you just are now doing it, just throwing bleach at her, knowingly. <laughs> yeah, just let us know in the second half. Um, lovely. Should we give a huge round of applause now for Kitty? Woo! Hi. Um, I've told a few stories like a bunch of times before, and they're always really like heavy emotional ones, but this is just a story about me being really mean to my sister. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, um, so I was about, I was about, I was like nine years old and my sister was five 
and we had these friends of ours who were sisters who would come to stay with us and that's one that's my age, one that's her age and me and my friend were planning on camping in the garden in my tent and it was, we were really excited about it and then my sister was like, but it's like my birthday or tomorrow or that day or the day before, it'd just been her birthday. She's like, I want to do it. So my parents were like, yes, Kitty, you must let your sister sleep in the garden because in your tent because it's her birthday. And I was horrified by this injustice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so me and my friend decided to get revenge. Uh, so it was, so it was, it was basically till like quite late at night and uh, my room, has the window looks out, because the garden was kind of on a slope. Uh, and then my room had this like roof that you could walk down on onto the upper bit of the garden, which is where they were camping. So we didn't go out to the back door, we like crept down my roof into the garden and crept up to the back, really quietly up to the, past the tent, up to the back of the garden. And then made a whole bunch of noise, like stomping and like coming down the garden so they could hear that someone was coming into the garden. Uh, and then, we start walking around the tent, like really slowly. And my poor little five-year-old sister oh. <laughs> is like, who's there? Leave us alone. <laughs> it was nice the rest of the time, I swear. It's like, you know that thing when you're, you're a kid and you just like, don't like really relate to like, like really empathize properly or relate to like how afraid someone will be. You're like, this is hilarious. And so we're like walking around the tent, we start like hitting the side of the tent. My sister's like sounding even more scared. Poor little Emily. And then we really slowly unzip the front of the tent. And we brought a pair of scissors down with us and we like stuck the scissors out over the front of the tent so it looked like a knife. And then we're like, surprise! It was just us the whole time, isn't this funny? And we like get into the tent, like let's hang out now. And our two little sisters are just like, <laughs> and they're like, we, we don't, we don't wanna, we're gonna go inside. And so they went inside and we're like, yeah. <laughs> what a great plan this was. Um, yeah, and, 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 and we, had, we had a really great night out in the tent and then uh, got in a lot of trouble when our, sibling, our sisters told our parents they, they, they were not impressed. Um, yeah, so that's the story about how I'm a terrible sister. Thank you. <laughs> So that, that would have been terrifying. <laughs> um, and really sort of crafty storytelling there. I don't think you mentioned that she was five until quite late on. And then we all sort of were in the same place of, oh, that child was very scared. Um, so huge round of applause for the, the suspense. Um, yeah, my sister and I were sort of very kind, sensitive young children. Um, so I'm trying to think of any pranks we played on each other. Um, sometimes she would sort of paint a picture of me and it looked really nice. Because <laughs> um, she was a very skilled young child. Or um, I... <laughs> um, or I... Hello? Uh, <laughs> or I would um, sort of hug her and she'd say, Becky, you've got such chubby cheeks. And I'd say, no, they're not chubby. And she said, yes, they are. And I think that's the biggest fight we ever had. 
<laughs> and I was still only six, so still then chubby was a positive thing. I meant you were cute. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, that's probably why I don't have a story for this month, my idyllic childhood. <laughs> and that is the end of our show for today. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to tune in next week for more true stories told live on stage. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at speakeasystoryslam at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook where you can get more news about the slam, but also see photos from the event. Um, also, if you'd like to tell us a story in person, then please come join us for our live events. They are every third Sunday of the month at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol, UK. We can't wait to see you. So from everyone here at Story Slam, have a great week.